At Amica Insurance, we know it's more than just a car. It's the two-door coupe that was there for your first drive. The hatchback that took you cross-country and back. And the minivan that tackles the weekly carpool. For the cars you couldn't live without, trust Amica Auto Insurance. Amica. Empathy is our best policy. I'm Rachel Bonetta. And I'm Rechna Frookbaum. And this is Hall of Shame. Rechna. I am just overjoyed right now because do you, we're recording this early, but when this comes out, do you have any idea what is going to be happening in our lives? No. Besides pure chaos and like probably yeah. so much trash. <laughs> I was like, uh, <laughs> Like the end of democracy or? When this podcast comes out. Okay. It will be the first week of football. Oh, yes. Woo! Actually, I think technically there will have been games played, but whatever. We're celebrating football coming back. Uh, and because we are doing that. Yes. Woo-hoo! That is a cold beer, my friends. Love that. I think of all seasons to be a football fan, in in this case, this year, to just to be a sports fan, fall has got to be just like the greatest time. We're going to have football back. We're going to have NBA playoffs. Hopefully the finals happening around this time. It's just the greatest feeling. The NBA has been like a true gift. Honestly. I can't. Those games... Each and every single one. It's been great. And now we're going to be able to be excited about football on top of the NBA. Like, we've Uh. never been so lucky as sports fans. So I think of all the seasons that I have been a football fan, personally, you've been a football fan your entire life, and we'll get to that in a second. But I'm only coming on year three. Like, I'm still very much a newbie. Mm. This has got to be the most excited I've been. I'm the most excited about our team, the Browns. You guys can't see it, but I'm wearing my Browns jersey right now. I'm excited for Sundays when we can, like, sit on the couch any chicken wings and beers. Actually, in quarantine, I'm doing this anyways, but now we'll have a reason to do it. Ugh. Fantasy football. It's all just so beautiful. It's all coming together. Is there is there a nice football memory that you have that you would like to share with us? Oh, God. My life is full of awesome football memories because my family was a big Brown situation. My dad, huge Cleveland fan, as Longtime listeners of our pod know. Mm-hmm. A memory I have that's just funny is Sundays during football season, my mom would sometimes on that day like go shopping or she would like go do her stuff, mm-hmm. right? And it was this funny thing where my dad would always iron while he watched the game. That was <laughs> like this funny, I just like it's such a vivid memory. And if the Browns won, he would cook like a full Indian meal. And like my dad was a good one. Like for his generation in that culture, like he helped out a lot, but like generally it was is still a pretty traditional thing and that my mom did the vast majority of the cooking. (laughs) The Browns won. He would always like cook an Indian meal and if they lost, we'd get pizza. (laughs) Okay, well either way, that sounds like a win-win situation. What was like the go-to meal that your dad would cook? 
So I'm Gujarati, which is a kind of food that isn't common. Like it's not what you eat at restaurants, but there's this thing called kichdi, which is like very comfort food. It's Ooh. like this yellow rice with lentils and you eat it with this like yogurt curry. Ooh. And then he'd make potato shock, it's called, which is like a potato vegetable dish with like tomatoes. And then that was like, yeah, that was like Sunday Brown's victory dinner. And I like to this day associate that meal with like a Browns victory. That's so beautiful. That's so nice. I want to talk about this. It's my dad's birthday today, actually. And for longtime uh, listeners of the pod. Man, happy birthday. Those anniversaries hit. Yeah, I know, right? Both Russia and yeah, I's dads have you. passed away. Is football season coming up? Does that make you miss him? Like, do you think about him a lot? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And he would have had just like everything that's going on makes me miss him. I just Aww. want to know. What he would think. But yeah, and this Browns team, you know, it's exciting and it's fun. Yeah. I feel like our dads would be our number one fans of the pod. Like, I feel like they would listen Oh, my God. Yeah. He would be like, swear less. (laughs) And like, call us to discuss. (laughs) (laughs) Like, can you have me on? Like, I'd be a good. Totally. And he would like, text you separate. (laughs) Totally. Absolutely. (laughs) Good pod. Um, in celebration of football's return, I am just, I'm so excited. I decided to dust off this old goodie. You know, some, Ooh, some may say it's been I'm done excited. before. It has been done. A lot of people have hot takes about it. It's been talked about, but they haven't heard us do it. <laughs> That's it. I don't even know what you're going to talk about, but. We are going to revisit one of the biggest moments, the biggest faux pas, if you will, in NFL history. Love it. Today, we are talking about Spygate. I wish I had another beer to crack because anytime that I get to just like shit on the Patriots is a drink, <laughs> you know? I love this, it. This is a story. I think that this perfectly captures the essence of the New England Patriots and reveals just like how slithery and snaky they really are. Like, and to be honest, this isn't even the original OG Patriots cheating story. Like, okay. when I got this research, there was a whole thing. Oh, yeah. And before this, like, this is their cheating history. Like, how many teams have a cheating history? It's fascinating. It's fascinating. Full disclosure, before we set sail, I'm sure you can already hear by the tone in my voice. We just need to discuss something. And that is my full disdain for this team. I think a lot of people share this feeling. Mm-hmm. Russia, do you do you dislike the Patriots? I'll say this. Yes. However, I have a very good friend and he's a huge Patriots fan. <laughs> and he has a hard time. Actually, he's a fan of our pod and listens. He can acknowledge why the hatred exists. And it's like made me have a warmth for them. But I get it. It's like the way people hate the Yankees. It's the way people hate totally. the Lakers. Yes. Or the Cowboys. And the Patriots are that team. Like, it's just like they've won too much. There's a lot of, like, assholery around, yeah. you know, Belichick's an asshole. You know what I kind of think it is? I think it's like I, I was kind of sitting and thinking about this while I was trying to write it down. I think of my sports teams and who I like to cheer for the same way as I look at men. And I know this sounds confusing, but let me just explain it for a second. I in a tank top and heels at a Raptors game. <laughs> I'm not interested in like a perfectly clean cut dude, like gotcha. super handsome, right. chiseled, I hear wears what you're a saying. suit, has a perfect job, makes a lot of money. Da da da. I just don't care about that stuff. I kind of find it boring. Like on paper, good. On paper, good. 
I would rather somebody that's got some like deep seated issues because that's that's me. That's who I am. Well, guess what, girl? The Cleveland Browns fit that. And that is why we love the Browns. But I love cheering for the underdog. So when somebody like the Patriots comes along. Yeah, I'm like, I'm with you. To be honest, my boyfriend's a huge Patriots fan. And I'm like, I just don't get it. Aren't you bored? Can't find the love. I hear yeah, you. there's nothing to like the Browns won their first game and cracked a f- fucking beer fridge because that's yeah. how long it had been. And it was so much fun to cheer for I them know. in that moment. You want to earn it. You, you want to earn it. Yeah, they're like too entitled to it. This is the perfect segue because maybe the Patriots didn't. Dun, dun, dun. I present to you Spygate. Yeah. <laughs> and our producers are listening. So if you could roll in some like just like some cheesy spy music like that mm. just to set dun, the tune, dun, that would be dun, good. Dun, dun, dun. Or just okay. let Reginald sing. That's fine. Or just like <laughs> let me go, you know, let me riff. Okay. So I want to begin this story, not necessarily in the beginning, but close to it. All right. Okay. It was February 2002, Super Bowl Super 36. Bowl 36. Coming up. Between the St. Louis Rams and the New England Patriots. The Patriots versus the St. Louis Rams. Oh, surprise, surprise. The Patriots are in a Super Bowl. No, no, no. This is actually a historic moment. This isn't the primetime Patriots we now know and hate. This was Tom Brady's first Super Bowl. This was Bill Belichick's first Super Bowl. This is how it all began on this day in 2002. Yes. And let us not forget that Belichick started on the Browns. Let us not forget. And Tom Brady only started playing because he was a backup to Drew Bledsoe. Drew Bledsoe. My brain's not working because we're in COVID. You know, what an origin story for that one. I love looking at Tom Brady's draft photo. You know what one <laughs> I'm talking about? Just like a little chunky, little chunky yes. baby. Not the weird, like chiseled Giselle Bunchin Mary. Only even eating avocados. Yeah. Brady. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, he started at the Browns, but fast forward to today, just because I want to set the mood. Bill Belichick is one of only three head coaches who have won six NFL titles. He loves to cut off his sleeves on his sweatshirt, and he constantly looks like he's having a bad day. He's also the new spokesperson for Subway. Okay, this is who we're dealing with. Did you see those commercials? They're crazy. No. I literally just was like, note to self, go down a weird rabbit hole tonight. They're bad. (laughs) (laughs) They're making me uncomfortable. Back to the Super Bowl. (laughs) It was a very close game. Falk on the move, and Warner back to throw it. Hit from behind, lofts it out to Isaac Bruce, who makes the catch, but there's a flag on the play. Ball pass to let it go, picked off. Ty Law down the sidelines, touchdown. That's what the Patriots were waiting for. In the fourth quarter, the score was 17 to 10 for the Patriots. Remember this. With a minute 30 left. Warner lofts it. And Ricky Crow is going to score. The Rams scored a touchdown and the extra point to tie the game 17-17. This is all you could ask for in a Super Bowl. All you could ask for. Yeah. They run the clock till the end. The Patriots have one more chance to win it all. Zero seconds left. The OG, Adam Vinatieri, steps up, kicks a 48-yard field goal. Two of the greatest kicks that I've ever seen in my life. Here comes one of greater importance if he makes it. And it's right down the pipe. And it's good. Adam Vinatieri. A huge upset. No time on the clock. And the Patriots have won Super Bowl 36. Unbelievable. 
Patriots win the freaking Super Bowl. Nobody thought that they could do it. Nobody believed in them. Everyone's going wild. So exciting. Adam Vinatieri, maybe the greatest place kicker of all time? Gotta be, right? This Super Bowl win kicked off a new era for the Patriots. The Patriots would go on to attend nine Super Bowls by 2019, winning five of those. Wowzers. But let's rewind. Before this big Super Bowl win that defined a new era, Mm -hmm. back in 2000, Belichick was the new head coach for the Patriots with a lot at stake. At this point, he was almost five years out from being fired from the Browns, like you just mentioned. He knew what was up. He knew he needed to prove himself in order to Mm -hmm. stay the head coach of the Patriots. This was like, do or go home, basically. Right. Now, let me introduce you to Belichick's right-hand man. Meet Ernie Adams, a football research director, who, by the way, is the only person in the league with that title. This guy's been Belichick's bestie since the 70s, and these guys have been working in football together for like a really long time. He even did scouting for Belichick when he was coaching with the Browns. So we know he sucks. (laughs) But that's apparently where, at the Browns, Ernie came up with a genius idea that would shape the Patriots for years to come and make his buddy Bill a world-class coach. Mm. Now, in case you don't know, a huge part of football is examining tape. Whether you're watching football from practice or maybe you're watching game tape of another team, examining their plays, you're seeing like, where where did you go wrong? Where did you fuck up? Where are the holes? How can you gain an edge? That's like all totally normal. I've been right. watching Hard Knocks a lot. It's basically all they're doing right now. That's it. And it's a legal thing to do. Every team, every Absolutely. team does this. It's impressive. Every sport. Every sport. Yeah, exactly. And, and honestly, every single league and every team has video departments dedicated to this. Like it yes. is a big part. Now, what video departments actually don't do, <laughs> what they didn't sign up for, is film what the other team is up to on the sidelines. Why? Well, because coaches throughout the game are using secret codes, signaling plays to their players on the field. It's a whole inside thing. Yeah. Well, our guy Ernie saw this as an opportunity. Forget the rules, okay? Get those cameras out. Forget any class. Let's take full (laughs) advantage. (laughs) Let's take full advantage of that video department that we have. Thank you very much. Classic Ernie. And on that, I want to introduce you to a guy named Matt Walsh. This is a very important Mm. name today. Matt was a normal 20-something-year-old guy. He's from Boston. He's a huge Patriots fan, like most men from Boston are. Probably drinks a ton of Dunkin' Donuts. Mm. Nothing against Dunkin' Donuts. I actually really like them. And when he got a job as a public relations intern on the team, I'm sure he was pooping his pants. He was probably so psyched. Oh, my God. Dream. Even more thrilled when he worked his way up to an actual job as video assistant. I would imagine, though, that would be pretty sweet if you were, like, a huge Patriots fan. I don't know if the Cavs were like, can you (laughs) be a video assistant? I'd be like, I'm leaving my writing job. (laughs) Girl, it is never too late. I worked on a team. That was my first job, actually was working on an actual Major League Soccer team, Toronto FC. It was very weird. Oh, that's cool. I was the Jumbotron girl. I was, like, giving away T-shirts and, like, big cannons. That's cool. Okay, so Matt is on the Patriots. He's working with the Patriots now. In 2000, Belichick's first year, the Tampa Bay Bucks and the New England Patriots were about to play a preseason game before they played each other for realsies in the season opener. Gotcha. Now, before the game, Matt was approached by the head of New England's video department, his boss – and was instructed to just film the sidelines during the preseason game so that they could later review the tape and study. Uh Here we go. Oh, wow. 
<laughs> just a quarter of a beer in. <laughs> so they could later review the tape and study the offensive and defensive signals the Bucks were using. Now, this is fucking cheating. That's shady. Also, according to Matt, he had no idea filming play calls was forbidden. Okay, Matt. That's a big old LOL to that, right? <laughs> All right, Matt. That's just dumb. Matt, from Matt you're being dumb. Matty, come on. So preseason game day came. Matt situated on the Patriots sideline, did as instructed. He only filmed the Bucks sideline and tried to focus in on like what plays were being called, how they were being called. He caught all of it. Bingo, bango. Our guy Ernie is happy at this point. Mm. So when it came time to play the Bucks in the first game of the 2000 season, the Patriots had a major edge. Their backup quarterback, John Freeze, from that preseason game tape, had memorized Every single play call. Wow. John would watch the sidelines, okay? He would see what Bucks coaches were signaling, then tell Patriots offensive coordinator, who would then relay over the radio system to then quarterback Drew Bledsoe, what was going to happen next. So there was a Nuts. lot of this guy went to this guy, this guy went to this guy. Like, sure. The ultimate game of telephone, telephone. and a preseason game is on the line, you know? Right. The Patriots actually ended up losing that game 21 to 17, but those involved chalked it up to the newness of the operation. This was like their first time putting the new system into use. It's going to have a, mm-hmm. a few kings. Who says the first time you cheat, it's got to be perfect? That's it. It takes a minute to like perfect cheating, you know? So it took a second, but then they got things under control, and the process is actually insane. They, this was like an Ocean's 8 situation. I love <laughs> going Ocean's 8 of all the oceans. This was a OG. Oh, wait. Ocean's 8 was the all-female one. Yeah. <laughs> okay, never mind. They're not that cool. This is like Ocean's 12. Ugh, what's like the crappiest one? 12, I kind of like all of them. Okay, let's go Ocean's 12. Mm. Okay. A Patriots scout and videographer would attend the games of upcoming opponents. They were told to look like media members and not Patriots employees. Okay. <laughs> So they're like already wearing a disguise, right? That's wild. They were also told to tell NFL security they're just filming the quarterbacks or kickers. They would shoot and compile a list of all the signals and plays. Each video sequence usually included three shots, the down, the distance, and the signal. And they also, I got to tell you, they also had this like hilarious joke where they would film the cheerleaders in close-ups and then everyone would like laugh about it. And I got to tell you guys, like y'all are hilarious. Like that's... So funny. Oh, my God. So funny. People are the worst. It's just, like, pathetic. It's kind of like, oh, you're losers then. You've never seen a woman before? Let's laugh at her because it looks funny when you're up close to somebody, please. Oh, my God. Boobs. Boobies. Back to the big man, Ernie. He collects all this intel and during games would sit up top in the coach's box, watch the sideline with binoculars, and call down to Belichick to let him know what was coming. Patriots mm. would adjust from there. Like, you know what's so crazy? Wow. Is before I I researched the ins and outs of Spygate, I just like kept on hearing all of these Patriots fans in my head, like of the past. Anytime it comes up, they're like, totally. Bullshit, bullshit. <laughs> no, just no. Listen, if you are listening to this podcast and you have a Patriots friend, just send them this. Just like cold send them the link to this podcast so that they could just re-listen to it all. <laughs> Guys, this went on from 2000 to 2007. Seven years of cheating. And let me remind you, within these seven years, the Patriots went to three Super Bowls and six AFC Eastern Division Championships. Like it's not that like they were just like shit in the bed. 
No, it was working. The cheating was paying off. It, it was working, but sometimes the Patriots would call in for a little extra help. In 2005, they signed a recently cut defensive player from an opposing team they were set to play that season, in large part to help them decode their footage. They essentially wow. just like hired a spy, a, a spy within a spy group, you know, wow. just like adding another spy. So rightly so, rumors started to swirl early on. These guys were just like too good. Everyone's like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. Apparently, a former member of the NFL Competition Committee said the committee spent years convinced the Patriots were cheating. Wow. They talked about bugging the locker room. Like, they, this is reminding me of, like, FBI Sopranos style. Sure. Like they were trying to get in there so bad, but nothing happened. Not for another five years. Ooh, what a tease. Mm. In 2006, there was a memo sent out to all 32 NFL teams. In that memo, NFL Executive Vice President of Football Operations, what a title, reminded everyone that videotaping of any type, including but not limited to taping of an opponent's offensive or defensive signals, is prohibited from the sidelines. I'm sorry, why do you need to be so passive aggressive? Why are you sending out a memo? Just call up Belichick and be like, <laughs> I know what you're doing. Stop. Hi, Robert Kraft. Your team's cheating. <laughs> yeah. Is this Kraft Industries? Please stop. So... Over the next year and a half, people were, like, keeping their eyes on the Patriots and their video team. Yeah. In 2006, a guy named Matt Estrella, who was also an assistant videographer for the Pats, got kicked out of Lambeau Field for filming unauthorized footage of the Packers and was removed by security. Wow. A year later, before the 2007 season, multiple teams had come forward and complained about the Patriots' signal stealing. So... They sent out another passive-aggressive memo because if it doesn't work once, try again, right? You know what's really effective is like a memo that doesn't directly address the problem. I feel like that's always like the solution. I'm sorry, but when was the last time you read a memo that came to your email from your work? Straight into the recycling bin. Bang. Straight in. If this is important, somebody will talk to me about it. That's yeah. like my <laughs> outlook on life basically Same. when it comes to email. Okay, and then the day finally arrives. September 9th, 2007. I am ready for this downfall. First game of the season, the Patriots are scheduled to play the New York Jets. Head coach Eric Mangini was on to Belichick shit and said, not in my house. Like, he literally said that. He told various New England staff, hey, we know you do this shit. Don't do it in our house. Sidebar on Eric Mangini, I just remembered. You know the sex boat scandal, which I'm sure maybe we'll get to, maybe we won't. When all of that stuff was going down, I was on a panel for a pilot, <laughs> and it was me and Eric Mangini am amongst a bunch of other people, and we had to break down a sex boat scandal. <laughs> and I'm talking to an ex-NFL coach. I'm like, Hilarious. this is too uncomfortable at this point. Amazing. Wait, I have a question. Wasn't Eric Mangini Belichick's assistant coach at some point? And that's so thank you. Thank you for setting me up. Belichick and Mangini, they go they go way back. Way back. Belichick was Mangini's mentor once upon a time when Belichick hired him to be an intern on the Browns. That's how he got his start when Bill was coaching way, there. Way, back. They went on to work together for years. Belichick mm -hmm. even brought him to the Patriots for a bit. But when Mangini was offered head coach of the Jets, Belichick was so bitter, he rescinded Mangini's key card, like his security key card to get into his office. What a petty, petty bitch. <laughs> 
and Mangini wasn't allowed back in to pack up his shit. <laughs> so Fucking belly things check. were not good between them. Eric said Bill was pissing in his face. <laughs> so Mangini came prepared that day. He had three different coaches signal in plays during the game so the Patriots would never know which ones that they were going to go with. That's wow. that's how sure everyone was that the that Patriots were, were just full of shit. Yeah. They did so much extra work because the memos weren't working. Exactly. But nothing mattered. Patriots still tried their hardest to cheat. The Jets security stumbled upon one of the Pats videographers, Matt Estrella from before. Mm-hmm. He was wearing a polo shirt with a taped over Patriots logo on it. Flag number one. Okay. I mean, just wear a polo shirt that didn't ever have a Patriots logo on it. Why would you do that? Just wear a sh- literally any other shirt that you own, sir. What? <laughs> Jet security alerted NFL security right away. Okay. Estrella was pulled aside and he said that he was with Kraft Productions. Red flag number two. Sure. They took him to a small room, confiscated his camera and the tape inside, and apparently this kid was sweating. They offered him a bottle of water, and he spilled it everywhere because he was shaking so hard. Sources <laughs> say he was shitting a brick. Red flag number three. Sure. Patriots win the game 38-14. to 14. Wow. Fuckers. Now, things unfold actually pretty quickly after that, and I will tell you how... Hall of Shame is brought to you by ZipRecruiter. The best teams start with great talent, kind of like Gretchen and I, but finding the right people can be a challenge. Like, let's talk about sports for a second. In order to find the right guy for your team, you gotta hire scouts first, and then the scouts just go all across the country to every single state and in between to find your right guy. It's hours and hours and hours of research and footage, and it sounds miserable. If only they could use ZipRecruiter. When it comes to hiring for your business, ZipRecruiter can help you find the right candidates for your team fast. From healthcare to manufacturing to business services and more. And now you can try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com shame. ZipRecruiter sends your job to over 100 top job sites, but they don't stop there. With their powerful matching technology, ZipRecruiter scans thousands of resumes to find people with the right skills and experience for your job and actively invites them to apply. You can even add screening questions to your job listings so you can filter candidates and focus on the best ones. ZipRecruiter is so effective that four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. And right now, to try ZipRecruiter for free, our listeners can go to ZipRecruiter.com shame. That's ZipRecruiter.com S-H-A-M-E. ZipRecruiter.com shame. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Hall of Shame is brought to you by Beekeepers Naturals. Beekeepers is on a mission to reinvent your medicine cabinet with clean remedies that actually work, you guys. Their flagship product, Propolis Throat Spray, is your daily defense when it comes to supporting your immune health and soothing sore and scratchy throats. Never heard of Propolis before? It is a powerful antioxidant-rich bee product with medicinal use dating back to 300 B.C., Now, my schedule has blown up a little bit lately. Football is back. We've got the NBA playoffs. I am busier than I have ever been before, and I am tired and exhausted. And you know what keeps my voice sounding silky smooth? The throat spray. I use it every single morning. I use it before I do this podcast. It is a game changer. 
This stuff is not honey, but propolis is made and used by bees to defend their hive from germs. It is the hive's immune system. And I think it's safe to say that all of us want to protect our immune system more than ever before right now. So trust me, you're going to love this stuff. You can also use the Beelix or Brain Fuel. When you want to be your sharpest and coffee isn't always the best solution, I don't know about you guys, but it gives me more anxiety than I already have. And no, thank you. I do not eat more. Beelix or Brain Fuel is kind of like the perfect solution. Take a shot first thing in the morning. It doesn't have any caffeine or sugar, and it just makes you find your flow. You're on your A game. You are with it. You beat brain fog. It's a beautiful thing. We could all use more daily defense right now, and Propolis Throat Spray is a game changer. It's time to give your medicine cabinet an upgrade with Beekeepers Naturals. To save 15% on your first order, go to beekeepersnaturals.com slash shame. That's B-E-E-K-E-E-P-E-R-S-N-A-T-U-R-A-L-S dot com slash shame to get 15% off. Meet your new medicine cabinet with Beekeepers Naturals. Hall of Shame is brought to you by Sunbasket. If you are looking to reduce unnecessary trips out and trying to avoid sold out grocery stores, um, check, 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 check out Sunbasket. It is a perfect and delicious solution for the times that we are living in. I'm still very much trying to stay inside as much as I can. I don't know about you guys. Also, it is hot as shit in Los Angeles, so I don't want to go outside for multiple purposes, but especially going to the grocery store when there are so many people there, people are touching things. I am not interested. Sunbasket delivers fresh, healthy, delicious meals straight to your door so you don't got to leave. Sunbasket has delicious recipes for all kinds of dietary preferences, including paleo, gluten-free, Mediterranean, vegetarian, and more. They make it easy and convenient with everything pre-portioned and ready to prep and cook. You can enjoy a dinner full of organic, yes, fresh produce and clean ingredients in as little as 15 minutes, no matter how much experience you have in the kitchen. Me, I have little. Each week, Sunbasket offers a wide range of meals to choose from, so you can try mouth-watering dishes such as hoisin steak strip lettuce cups with pickled daikon and carrots, roasted salmon with miso glazed eggplant, black bean tostadas diablo with cabbage slaw and guacamole. Yes, please. You can order from any meals across their menu, skip a week whenever you need to, or even double up on your favorites. It's simple and easy with no gotchas. Right now, Sunbasket is offering $35 off your order when you go right now to sunbasket.com shame and enter promo code shame at checkout. That's sunbasket.com shame and enter promo code shame at checkout for $35 off your order. sunbasket.com shame and enter promo code shame. At Amica Insurance, we know it's more than just a house. It's your home, the place that's filled with memories. The early days of figuring it out to the later years of still figuring it out. For the place you've put down roots, trust Amica Home Insurance. Amica, empathy is our best policy. coach of the New England Patriots, Bill Belichick, said today he's focusing on this weekend's football game. Well, he may be, but the rest of the sports world is focusing on the news that his team illegally videotaped its opponent's signals. Patriots coach Bill Belichick had an assistant videotape signals, or play calls, being sent onto the field by the New York Jets last Sunday. If they know before the snap of the ball what your coverage basically is, they can chew you up and spit you out. But as ABC's John Berman reports, the league's first proven case of sideline spying has also revealed that these champions may be cheats. 
So we're still at the 2007 season opener, Patriots versus New York Jets. The Jets literally just caught the Patriots red fucking handed. Like you, you couldn't have caught they them. They got a nervous Nelly from Boston oh, in the back room, shaking in his boots. Literally pooping his pants, wearing his <laughs> Patriots polo. That is a detail. I just have to pause on one more second to be like, they can't know I'm with the Patriots. To look in your closet and be like, I'm going to wear my Patriot shirt and I'll just put some duct tape over instead of just wearing a shirt. That's so like wildly insane. But an image that makes me really laugh is I feel like every single employee of the Patriots only owns Patriots. Like no way, any chance, any of the dudes there. This is my smallest Patriot logo, (laughs) but they all have it. (laughs) Okay. So the Jets, hilariously, the next day, decided to send the Patriots yet again another letter. You guys. I would assume it it was something like, hey, motherfuckers, we told on you to the NFL, and we're also asking you to preserve any evidence. First off, we we collectively as a group now have already concluded the Patriots are cheaters. Now you think a nice handwritten letter will force them to hand over all the evidence in great shape. That's good logic. That's good. That's solid. Can I just say, like, if we didn't know the context of the year that this story took place, I'd be like, oh, it was the 1950s and they only had telegrams. <laughs> that was the only way they could communicate. It's like coming in in, like, Morse code. Yeah. <laughs> beep, 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 beep. <laughs> Fuck you, you cheaters. Fuck you. Shortly after, the NFL commissioner, Roger Goodell, opens an internal NFL investigation and calls Belichick, and they talk for 30 minutes. They talk it out. Bill explains that he had misinterpreted a rule and had actually engaged in taping signals for quite some time, explaining that at most he might have gained a little intelligence. I love that he says, like, okay, you caught me, and then doubles down. Like, he wasn't like, oh, I misinterpreted it, and by the way, I only did it, like, twice. Like, oh, no, I misinterpreted it, and I've been doing it for years. My bad. It's <laughs> it's like interior Bill's living room day. Bill answers the phone in a cutoff sweatshirt <laughs> and proceeds to say how he's even a bigger cheater <laughs> than they thought. Belichick literally said, like, this is transcribed, my mistake. Did he not get the memos? <laughs> <laughs> Bill didn't tell Goodell how many games he taped, and Goodell didn't ask. According to a source, he didn't want to know. <laughs> uh, Goodell, that's your job. Shocker. Shocker, right? Okay. So 11 days after the game against the Jets, as part of the internal investigation, the NFL sends three of its executives, of its tippity-top executives, mm. to Foxborough. I thought you were going to say they sent three memos. <laughs> they sent three this time <laughs> to get the point fucking across. Uh, no, they sent actually executives to hand deliver the memos this time <laughs> so they could see them reading them. So these executives interview Belichick, Belichick scout buddy Ernie, and the head of the video department. These guys confess to having eight tapes filled with signals and a fat stack of paper with notes on signals and other scouting info. You know, like usual cheater stuff, like the stuff that you would find, you know, in a cheater's backpack. So... Goodell ordered everything to be destroyed. So, and this is also hilarious to imagine, the three NFL executives in a little room in the stadium at Foxborough stomped on these eight videos. The league actually visited Foxborough Stadium. They were in a conference room and they grabbed the evidence and literally 
NFL employees stomped on cassettes of 40 games, literally stomping plastic pieces of the cassette on the floor. They then took notes that were accumulated by Bill Belichick's assistant, Ernie Adams, and they put them in the shredder. <laughs> Just like stomped them and destroyed them until they were broken up into bits and pieces and sent the fat stack of paper into a shredder. That is such a funny scene. It's such a just beautiful image, isn't it? And Belichick's probably just like standing there like, oh, no. They're in these like dress shoes, I picture them. Just like trying to jump on them. Oh. Also like, again, this wasn't 1952. Like, I'm sure there's a much easier and more high-tech way to destroy a tape. Also, why destroy the tape? Ooh. Why not keep the evidence? Among those signals in the fat stack of paper, handwritten diagrams from the Pittsburgh Steelers dating mm. back to the AFC Championship game in 2002 in which the Patriots won 24 to 17. That is like a key piece of information that we need to remember for the end of this, okay? Okay, got you. Belichick is fined $500,000. Wow. But he was paid like $4.2 million that year, so like I don't. He's fine. I don't care. Um, the team is fined $250,000, and they also had to give up a first-round draft pick. Goodell said he thought about suspending Bill Belichick, but figured the draft pick and the money were punishment enough. He's like, hey, Also, like, we know about this NFL. If we know anything about the NFL is, you know, they're just haphazard with their punishments and their They're just like... <sighs> It's like they have a spinning wheel of punishments yeah. and like whatever it lands on is like what they're going to go totally. with. They're like, you smoke pot, you're suspended for the rest of your career. <laughs> oh, you knocked your wife out? Mm, two games. You know what? No time at all. <laughs> I'm sure she did something bad. You cheated for eight years? $250,000 for a team that makes hundreds of millions of dollars. Oh, sports. Cool, cool, cool. Belichick came out and apologized to Patriots Nation. He remained insistent that the use of sideline video had no impact on the outcome of last week's game. We have never used sideline video to obtain a competitive advantage while the game was in progress. That was a quote. He also acknowledged the team taped a significant number of games. Again, why don't you just not say that? Just don't acknowledge that. <laughs> just like leave it up for us to think what you did. According to sources, that was close to 40 games over the course of seven years. We learned this. Originally, Spygate was believed to have been eight games taped between 2000 and 2007, but the National Football League's investigation, according to ESPN, was that the Patriots were involved in illegal taping of 40 games as opposed to eight. How many regular season games do you play? 16? Yeah. That's, that's quite... It's almost all the games. Quite a bit, actually. Yeah. Quite a bit. The Patriots even signed a certification letter. I swear to God, with all of these, these letters, letters you light guys. them on fire. They signed a letter promising the league the only evidence of videotaping had been destroyed and that no other tapes or notes existed. Your guys stomped on all the tapes. Your guy, your guys stomped on all the tapes. Like they nothing's just stomped up. on them because that's like the, definitely the most efficient way to destroy tapes is like to have a bunch of dudes in a room stomp on them. Um. Obviously, when this got out to the media, people went apeshit because, because everyone loves to shit on the Patriots. Everybody's so ready to hate them. It's like if, like, the hottest girl in school, like, everybody's ready. Yeah. Yeah. It's like when the hottest girl in school gets braces, everyone's just like, yeah. People are like, party time. Rebecca got braces. Oh my God. I might get homecoming queen. Yes. <laughs> 
So a lot of teams actually came forward and were quite pissed, understandably. Sure. The Pittsburgh Steelers were one of them. Mm. They claimed that they got royally screwed, not only in 2002, but again in 2005. Heinz Ward, the Steelers' wide receiver, told reporters that their spying tactics were no doubt the reason that they won the AFC Championship game. At the 2005 AFC Championship game, Steelers' defensive coach were and remain convinced that a deep touchdown pass from Brady to Dion Branch came from a stolen signal. Those are two huge games. Nuts. Just years apart. Huge games. Side note, the Steelers coach, Mike Tomlin, looks just like Omar Epps. Continue. Ooh. Really attractive man. I like Mike Tomlin a lot. Same. Apparently, Steelers hadn't changed their signals in years. Classic, old school, steel yeah. belt team. The Patriots won the Super Bowl both those seasons, mm. went on to win. Mm. So, yeah, I get the Steelers' <laughs> pain. I understand. I do. I do, too. The Panthers claim their practices were filmed before their Super Bowl loss to the Patriots in 2004. The Eagles had issues. The list goes on and on. I love how the Browns were just like, Meh. I mean, didn't affect us. We lost a bunch of other games, too, to a bunch of other <laughs> teams. So, But, like, <laughs> this is your opportunity. This is your opportunity to come forward and be like, everyone's probably stolen our signals. That's why we lost so much. Yeah, I guess everyone's cheating against us, all the teams. <laughs> Wouldn't that be nice to find out? Aww. Brownies. We love you. My Brunos. Things start to settle down. Belichick is adamant that he misinterpreted what he was allowed to legally do. He's still on this train. And Goodell doesn't push back much more. He just wants to close the case and move on. He's already, you know. Goodell is so proud. Pushed out the punishments. He just wants this to be over. I'm sure you're wondering why Roger Goodell really downplayed the seriousness of it all. I mean, I have a feeling, but I want to hear. This is a bigger story for another time and another podcast. There are actually many motives for this, but the biggest one was this. Essentially, there was this Pennsylvania senator who was pissed about the whole fucking over the Steelers thing which I, I understand. And he was threatening a congressional investigation into the NFL. And Roger was like, no, thank you. There's so much other shady shit. We can't go down this road. I'm sure they have skeletons <laughs> in their closet for days. Skeletons on skeletons on skeletons. Also love to hear that our senators, that's where their energy's going. You love to hear well, it. Well, this was a long time ago, but still not great. Roger Goodell even said if it ever got to an investigation, it would be terrible for the league. Again, why is everyone just divulging everything bad? Just just zip your lip. Just don't say anything. Ugh, Goodell. The Patriots get back to their 2007-2008 season, and this might be the most frustrating thing of them all. They go undefeated. This was their undefeated season. I remember season. this one. 16-0. So do I. Then in early February 2008, obviously they make it all the way to the Super Bowl, Patriots versus the Giants, an explosive article comes out in the Boston Herald the day before the Super Bowl saying members of the New England Patriots video team secretly recorded a St. Louis Rams walkthrough a few days before the 2002 <laughs> Super Bowl. Facing brand new allegations of cheating by the New England Patriots, the team's so-called Spygate scandal was far more extensive than originally reported. This is where we started. These guys. The Super Bowl that put Bill Belichick on the map. Could it be? Did they <gasps> cheat? 
From the very start? And then shortly after this article comes out, our guy, Matt Walsh, the video assistant who filmed all those practices, comes forward saying he's got new information on the New England Patriots people might be interested in hearing about. It was one of the biggest stories in sports. The New England Patriots caught videotaping a rival team's coaches as they sent signals to their players. A former team employee said this week the Pats had been doing it for years. It was Walsh who shot video during Belichick's first two seasons in New England, 2000 and 2001. He went public this week, calling the coach arrogant. Walsh claims Belichick's contention that he just misinterpreted the rules was false and that the taping was actually a deliberate, illicit scheme by the Patriots to cheat their way to victory. So people are like, oh my God, it's the day before the Super Bowl. I've covered two Super Bowls. I cannot imagine what it would have been like to have Bananas. this explosive article come out. Holy shit, everyone's losing their mind. So let's appreciate the Patriots and what they did for a second. Yes. They've gone undefeated all season. That has happened one other time in the history of the NFL. Exactly. And on top of that, they went undefeated after everyone's shitting on them. Everyone hates them. Everyone's gunning for them. Well, as hard as they tried to ignore this new distraction, sure. it didn't work. The Patriots lose to the Giants after their record-breaking season. And the New York Giants... One second away from pulling off this upset. The Giants have won the Super Bowl. And let me tell you, Belichick flips yeah. out. Well, it was like a nutso loss, too. It was like at the end, crazy Eli Manning situation. It was an intense game. It was, oh. In an interview with the Boston Globe, Belichick denied everything, saying, I have never authorized or heard of or even seen in any way, shape, or form any other team's walkthrough. We don't even film our own. In my entire coaching career, I have never filmed a walkthrough. I've never been on a staff that's filmed a walkthrough. I'm talking about when I was a head coach. As an assistant, I've never seen a head coach film a walkthrough the day before a game. He's going off. Today, in an exclusive interview with CBS News, Belichick fired back at Walsh. For him to talk about game planning and strategy and play calling and how he advised coordinators is, it's, it's embarrassing, it's absurd. I mean, he didn't have any knowledge of football. He was our third video assistant. He also gave us this gem, claiming he couldn't pick Matt Walsh out of a lineup. Oh, don't say that about Maddie Dunkin' Donuts Walsh now. Exactly. Also, like, what kind of boss are you? You don't even know who's working for you? It's rude and elitist. A-hole. He even resented the expression Spygate since all filming and all spying was done in plain sight. Thank you very much. There's no gate about it. I did it in front of everyone. <laughs> Matt Walsh eventually got a sit down with Roger Goodell after he gave him indemnity and handed over eight new tapes. None of them included any sort of Rams walkthrough. In fact, Walsh even told him that that didn't exist. It was bullshit. The article was not real or truthful at all. Huh. So later in the day, the Patriots released the following statement. We want to address the allegations that the Patriots taped the Rams walkthrough prior to the Super Bowl. For the past three and a half months, we have been defending ourselves against assumptions made based on an unsubstantiated report rather than on facts or evidence. 
The suggestion that the New England Patriots recorded the St. Louis Rams walkthrough on the day before the Super Bowl is absolutely false. Any suggestion to the contrary is untrue. So here's what I'm thinking. I think that they feel like they just escaped. They have an undefeated season. They make it to the Super Bowl. They're they're probably favored to win the Super Bowl against the Giants. And then everything comes crashing down. They're like over this witch hunt at this point. Yes. If you can even call it that. So I think at this point, everyone was kind of over it on the NFL side, especially Goodell. He was like, can we please just move on? The skeletons are right behind the door. Literally. move on. (laughs) You can smell the skeletons at this point. We cannot have Congress up in here. Goodell actually hit up Rams head coach Mike Martz and asked him to (laughs) write another letter. He wanted him to say that he was satisfied with the NFL's Spygate investigation and was certain the Patriots had not cheated. Let's just move on. la di da da Martz also agreed that a potential congressional investigation would kill the league. So wow. in the end, everyone's like, okay, that's it. We're done. Zip. The Boston Herald released a statement apologizing for its false claims after that. So this brings us to a conclusion. I know that this has been a wild ride. Wild. Did the Patriots tape signals and record sneaky, sneaky things that probably helped them win a ton of games? Yes. Did they tape a walkthrough for the Rams before the Super Bowl? Doesn't seem like it, no. Did they use that false claim to get off the hook for probably everything else and just cry witch hunt? Yeah, me think so. I think all Patriots fans actually did that. So let's just let's just discuss this because... I I feel like now that I've read it from, like, literally through the entire timeline, we didn't miss a beat. Now that you know, like, the granular, granular details. I mean, how many games went their way? How many Super Bowls went their way because of the signal stealing? I will say that Pittsburgh AFC Championship, like, a score, like, 24 to 17, that's one score. That's a touchdown. Yes. Those are the ones where you're like, you only need a slight advantage. That's a big ass deal. I think a lot of the um, Patriots employees like over the years have been like, you know, when they're defending the Patriots, they're like, well, we lost this game and we lost that game. So like, how could we have been stealing signals? It's actually quite impressive what they did because sure, the amount of time that you have to start seeing a signal, start seeing the guys line up, then you have to let the offensive coordinator know, who will let Bill Belichick know, who will let Tom Brady know. Like it was all, there was so many different pipelines that they had to go through. There was so much room for error. I mean, yeah, like, on one hand, got to hand it to them. Okay. Because, like, very impressive. Hard to do. Absolutely. On the other, don't be a goddamn cheater, right? So you're impressed with their cheating. <laughs> I guess I am as well. Like, the fact that they were able to, in, like, an evil sense, like. Yeah, in the way that you're like, I'm impressed with Cersei Lannister. You sure. Know? Okay, yeah. The fact that they were able to pull it off for so long. And that everything was just, I mean, like I said, I think they just like got away with murder. Look, I think that's the story of wealthy, rich, entitled people. If you could get away with murder and get all the things you want, most people, I guess, would do it. I don't know. And you know what else is, what else is crazy? Like for any other team, this would be their story. But then they had Deflategate. <laughs> like it's just, it. Just goes on and on and on. And they had cheating stories before this. It's hilarious. I also just want to circle back and say, I do think it's okay for senators to get involved in this stuff. And I'm 
sad there weren't congressional hearings. <laughs> no, I know. A I want to know all about those skeletons. Um, so Patriots fans, if you're listening to this still, I don't know how you've survived. Yeah, I could not if it was my team. You sit on a throne of lies. Okay. The jersey that you wear represents a whole lot of bullshit. Now it's fine. Rachel, can you not alienate? Let's not do this. Let's not shame people for where they were born. I, I will know? say it is fun to hate. It's fun to yeah. hate in sports. I'm just kidding. I agree. And I, I think that's part of the fun and and you have to, yeah, you have to be there for it. Yeah. It's so much fun to hate a guy like Tom Brady who's like gorgeous totally. and a millionaire and a great football player. It's fun to like, you know. It's fun to hate him. Yeah, exactly. He's deeply easy to hate. Has he had plastic surgery? The last picture I saw of him was white. No, I don't. I can't imagine. But like, I'm just saying his. I think it's just like whatever weird diet he's on is. Oh, I think he just like soaks in a tub of avocado every night and just just Mm. does. We eats oatmeal and drinks water all the time. I don't know. I don't know, man. But yeah, you gotta have the teams you love to hate, and the Patriots are definitely right up in the top tier of that. You know what I. All this being said, as much as I hate the Patriots, I am glad that they are back because that means football is back. That's it. That means it's fall. That means we get to cheer for our brownies. And I am so, so excited. Hey, you know what I would love is if um, our listeners want to share their favorite football stories with us. Reshna had a great one. Would love. Um, I would. We love reading your tweets every single week. So send us your yeah. you know, most cherished football memories, and we would love to read them. Please do. And then we'll be back next week. We will be back next week. Probably already upset because our team's lost. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know this right now. We're just, like, blissfully unaware. Just devastated. We're in the past. Yeah. Okay, guys, we will see you next week. Thanks for listening. Bye. Hall of Shame is a product of Crooked Media. The show is produced by Caroline Reston and Allison Falzetta. Our executive producers are Sarah Geismer and Stephen Hoffman. Engineering and sound design by Kyle Seglin and Charlotte Landis. Our theme music is by Taka Yasuzawa. Thank you to Sydney Rapp and Brian Semmel for production support every week. At Amica Insurance, we know it's more than just a car or a house. It's the four wheels that get you where you're going and the four walls that welcome you home. When you combine auto and home insurance with Amica, we'll help protect it all. And the more you cover, the more you can save. Amica. Empathy is our best policy.